Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Father, this morning, we always give you thanks because we recognize your goodness upon us. We thank you this morning for a time like this in your house, in your presence. We pray in the name of Jesus that at this particular time, your Holy Spirit will get to work on our hearts, on our minds, and prepare us for what you are about to do. Let your word come forth in power. Let your word come forth in truth. Let your word come forth in spirit. May we receive wisdom and may we receive knowledge and understanding before we leave here. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Give Jesus a mighty hand clap. God bless you and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. From the New Living Translation. Romans 12 and verse 2. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I want you to take note of that sentence. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I want to continue sharing with you today about developing good attitudes. And it is important to recognize that for us to become better people and for us to enter into the good life, into the blessed life that God has prepared for us, we will need to allow God to transform us. We need to allow God to change us. Staying the same way we are will not lead to our progress and development. And it is therefore important for us to allow God 
to work on our hearts. And God wants to change our attitudes. Because a change in attitude will lead to a place of blessing. Can I have an amen from somebody? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I explain to you that an attitude is a feeling or a way of thinking. Which affects a person's behavior, manner, or position. So there's a way you feel. And there's also a way you think. That greatly affects what you do or what you do not do. Hallelujah. Amen. And God wants to change us by changing our attitudes. Through the help of the Holy Spirit, He wants to help us to get rid of the bad, lousy attitudes and usher us into good, progressive attitudes that will lead us into blessing and into a fulfilled life. As you yield to the power of the Holy Spirit, may you experience the blessed and fulfilled life which is God's purpose for you. Amen. Can I hear your loudest amen? Amen. Last week, I shared five important truths with you. Number one, the way we think is often revealed by our attitudes. Say with me, the way I think is revealed by my attitude. Hallelujah. Truth number two, our progress in life or lack of it has a lot to do with attitudes. Amen. Amen. So I am pointing out something to you that when you examine your life critically you may discover progress or you may discover that there is lack of progress. If you scrutinize the issue a little more deeply, you may actually discover that your progress or the lack of it is because of certain attitudes that you have or you do not have. Hallelujah. Amen. Truth number three. Attitudes are like little things that make a big difference. They may look very little. They may look insignificant. But they make a big difference. Truth number four. There are two types of attitudes. Good attitudes. And bad attitudes. May God help us to get rid of the bad attitudes. And may he help us to develop the good attitudes. Hallelujah. Amen. And then truth number five. Good attitudes lead to progress. Bad attitudes result in lack of progress. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. 
And so we want to continue today and now move into the good attitudes that we want God through the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to develop. So far, there are still 15 of them. But I suspect that I may add on as I go along. And the first two I shared with you three weeks ago. The first one is develop an attitude of diligence and hard work. Develop an attitude of diligence and hard work. Lift up your hand and say with me, I will develop an attitude of diligence and hard work. So help me God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now in Proverbs 10 verse 4, it says lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. If you look out for the rich and the successful of this life, and you go into their lives, there are many things you will discover. But I bet you that among the things that you will discover, you will find out that they work very hard. And you'd also find out that they are very diligent. In Proverbs 22 verse 29, it says, See thou a man diligent in his business, King James, See thou a man diligent in his business. He shall stand before kings. That means he will serve kings. And he shall not stand before mean men. Or he will not work for ordinary people. So two things are mentioned in the first good attitude we must develop. Hard work and diligence or diligence and hard work. Now, it is not automatic that if you work hard, you will become rich. It's not automatic. You see, what you need to understand about success and prosperity is that there are many things that work together to bring you into success and to cause you to excel. It is not just one thing. That is why you need to appreciate the fact that when you eat food that is very nice, it is not just the Maggi Cube with a star. It is not just the onions and the tomatoes. It's different things working together to make the jollof taste very nice. That is how it is with success and making it in this life. Many things work together. And one of the ingredients that you need to succeed in life is hard work. Hard work, laziness will limit you. 
and will prevent you from getting to where you're supposed to get to. Too much sleeping. Too much stretching. Too much relaxation will not lead you to prosperity. And if you notice that you like sleeping too much, work on it. Make it one of your prayer topics. Say, oh God, I like sleep, but I've been sleeping too much. Something is trying to prevent my prosperity. Oh God, deliver me from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And sometimes you have to do practical things in order not to sleep all the time. Have you noticed that during elections, when they are counting the ballots, there are people who want to see everything feely feely. So although it is late, as the ballot papers are being counted, there are people sitting there watching, trying to make sure that the opposition doesn't steal the elections. Sometimes you can see that people are feeling sleepy. But they will hold their eyes and force the upper leg to stay away from the lower leg so that they can see. When we were in school, when we are learning and we're feeling sleepy, we realize that we cannot sleep. We do all sorts of crazy things. We chew coffee. We chew chewing gum. Gum. We chew uh, something cola. Yeah. You chew cola. What are some of the things you used to do in order not to sleep? Tell me now. You know what? You put your feet in water. Hot water or cold water? Cold water. Somebody, Mr. James said somebody did it, but he always slept. I don't know whether that thing really works. It works for some. But some people, they are sleeping. God have mercy on our souls. Nothing shall be able to separate you from the sleep that you have determined to sleep. And I think that some people have a gift for sleeping. They can sleep everywhere. Even when they are standing, they can sleep. I wish I had a gift like that. But you see, it's a gift that you must use wisely. Otherwise, you slip your way into poverty and lack. So, hard work is a very important attitude that you must develop. And the other one is diligence. Where diligence has to do with a constant and earnest effort to accomplish anything you set out to do. Constant. Earnest effort to accomplish anything that you set out to do. You cannot relax. You, 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 you cannot be, you know, somebody who just takes things easily. Anything comes, anything goes. Look, it takes a lot of 
efforts. You can't be phlegmatic in your quest to succeed in life. I mean, you are just there. And it's like anything you find to do. You are not able to stick with it long enough for you to succeed at it. Every business you start, every work you start, you meet a small challenge. You encounter some way people. Then you retire. I won't do this work again. One person, when we look at your history, everything that can be done on this earth, you have done some before. But nothing much is changing. And I put it to you that one of the reasons is because there's a certain diligence constant earnest efforts to make things work. By all means, as you try to do things in this life, you will meet challenges. You will encounter obstacles. Difficulties will come your way. There are times that you feel discouraged. There are times that you feel like giving up. But in this life, Quitters don't win. And winners, they never quit. Those who succeed in life, they have a no retreat, no surrender attitude. That I'm convinced that this thing that I'm doing, it can work. And I'll put in the constant and earnest effort to make things work. May God help you to develop this good attitude Amen. of hard work and diligence. Amen. Can I hear your loudest amen? Amen. You know, three weeks ago, it was a Saturday morning, right after the prayer rendezvous. I needed to go somewhere in the course of the day. And so I decided to take my car to the washing bay. This was around 6 a.m. The first one that I got to. The one close to your place. When I got in at 6 a.m. There was no action. I saw two people there. They saw me driving. But it was as if I was a ghost. I mean, you own a washing bay. And a car has driven in. But you won't make any effort to find out what it is. Of course, I've I've come there because I want to wash my I had to draw their attention and ask them that, are you not working? And the response that the guy gave me, he said, the workers have not come. Very casual response. The the workers have not come. I said, really? So then I drove off. Then I got to the next washing bay. This is after the East Wing Hospital. When I got there, it was about 16. Come and see action. A lot of cars. The place was very busy. I even had to wait a bit in order to be attended. This was around 16. Already, the day's business, they were deep into the day's business. 
So two washing bays. All of them say they want to prosper. One of them. Six o'clock. The workers haven't come. Because if you are thinking deeply about the business you're doing, you should notice that Saturday early mornings, most people like to wash their cars. And like they say, the early bed catches the worm. This is Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 7. It is not in the Bible. It is not in the Bible. And I have to explain this. Because I'm sure that somebody is writing his notes. Deuteronomy 28, verse 7. The early bed catches the worm. There's nothing like that in the Bible. It's a wise saying. But it is also very true. I'm just pointing out something to you. They are in the same line of business. But you can see that there is an attitudinal difference between the two places. 6 a.m. One place is up and running. 6 a.m. The workers have not come. I tell you, diligence and hard work makes a lot of difference. May it make a major difference in your life. Amen. Can I hear you loud? Amen. Amen. Then the second attitude you must develop is you must develop an attitude of speaking well. You must develop an attitude of speaking well. There are five things that will help you to develop this attitude of speaking well. Number one, know how to talk. Know how to talk. Ephesians 4.29 it says, don't, uh, New Living Translation, if you don't mind. It says, do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Proverbs 15 verse 1 and 2. A gentle answer deflects anger. But harsh words make tempest flare. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing. But the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. The main lesson in these two scriptures is simply this. That you should know how to talk. You should mind how you talk. Tell your neighbor, mind your language. Tell another person, mind your language. So in the earlier scripture, Ephesians 4.29, it says your words must be an encouragement to those who hear them. It says don't use foul or abusive language. Let your words be good and helpful. So the word of God is directing us on how to talk. That means you have to speak in a way that will encourage people. That will build up people. That will give people hope. You don't condemn people. 
You don't write people off. You don't keep people down. You don't talk in a way that makes people feel like idiots. You don't speak to people in such a way that they lose confidence in this life. How you speak is very important. And to develop this attitude of speaking well, you got to mind how to talk. There's a song we used to sing. You better mind how you talk. You better mind what you're talking about. You're going to give an account on the judgment day. You better mind, oh, you better mind. Better means better. You see, I used to sing it like that, you know. Tell your neighbor again, mind how you talk. And mind your language. Tell your neighbor, I promise you, from today, I won't hurt you with the words from my mouth. So help me God. Put your hands together for Jesus. So we are talking about develop an attitude of speaking well. You must know how to talk. The second thing is you must know what to say and what not to say. You must know what to say and what not to say. And so in Proverbs 18, 21, the Bible says what you say can preserve life or destroy it. Good news translation. What you say can preserve life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. Hallelujah. Amen. What you say can preserve life or destroy it. It can preserve your life or it can destroy your life. It can preserve somebody's life. Or it can destroy somebody's life. You may say to me, but pastor, my mouth is gone. It no be gone. But it be more lethal than gone. Because hopefully, when you are shot, hopefully, they can get the bullet out. And then, they will treat the sore and treat the wound. But what you say to me, what you say to me can damage my confidence. And you always have to be careful when you are dealing with people. Who has gone to tamper with the weather pattern? Because now I don't understand it. Yeah, then no, then it's raining. It's what? Angel Michael. This is very serious. Okay, try and pay attention. So you must be careful what you say. And you must know what to say and what not to say. And there are some things you should say. And there are some things you should not say. There are some things you should talk about. 
But there are some things that you should not talk about. There is a need to exercise discretion. It is not everything that occurs to you that you should open your mouth and say. And there are some people they say of themselves, and medium here plain plain. So it's like if 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 something is worrying me, I will say it. You see what you are calling frankness and plainness. There's another word to describe it. It's called foolishness. I mean, anything that occurs to you, you say, any insult that comes into your head, you insult. And you say that you are a Mr. or Madam No Nonsense. But I'm submitting to you that, you see, I, I read an earlier scripture to you. In Proverbs 15, verse 2, the last part, it says, But the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. And sometimes the things that come out of our mouth, it exhibits foolishness. And especially if you are somebody, you just talk no matter how you feel. You don't care who you are talking to. You don't care the effect of what you are saying to the person. You just belt it out. And by the way, you know belting. I'm eating, so it, it can't work. Yeah. So when you open your mouth, no, you let it out. One day somebody was driving in town and then a car crossed him. Immediately he stuck out his head to insult the person. And the word that he wanted to say was when he said the then he looked closely. It was his pastor. And immediately he said Kwa pastor. Pastor, <laughs> you can't do that. I mean, how was he going to escape from this thing? If he gets to church and his pastor says, Is it me that you call Pastor? So be very careful. And this thing of always talking by heart and always insulting people. And then somebody will beat you here. <laughs> hmm. So you must know what to say and what not to say. And let me give you a piece of advice. It is not every discussion that you are invited to that you must contribute to. Not every discussion that you are invited to that you must contribute to the discussion. There are some discussions when you hear them. You should advise yourself that I don't have all the facts at hand. Somebody is just saying his side of the story. 
But I don't know the other side of the story. I don't know the different issues that have to do with this issue. And so I have nothing to say at this time. You must learn to behave like politicians when they want to dodge the questions from the journalists. And especially when they know that they can get into trouble by what they say. They'll respond and say, I have no comment because at this time. And there are times that that is what you must say. I have no comment at this time. Hallelujah. Amen. And so you got to be careful what you say and what not to say. And I'm saying to you again that it is not everything that you say. And it's not everything that you talk about. One day I had I had the Archbishop Duncan Williams saying something. And he said it in Ghana. He said, now what he was saying was that the truth that destroys a nation I say you don't say it it sounds very controversial say that again yeah it sounds like, ah, why not? We've been taught that we must always speak the truth. But he explained that the truth that destroys a nation, you don't just open your mouth. Because the consequences of what you're saying are very dire and very serious. So there's wisdom in that statement. And if you want to develop a good attitude of speaking well, you must know what to say. And you must know what not to say. Hallelujah. Amen. Then the next thing that will help you to develop this good attitude of speaking well is you must know when to talk and you must know when to keep silence you must know when to talk and you must know when to keep silent. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 Father in the name of Jesus I thank you Jesus. that you didn't let it rain at 7 o'clock <laughs> That you didn't let it rain at 8 o'clock. That you didn't let it rain at 9 o'clock. But he waited for your people to gather in his house and in his presence. Amen. Before you release the rain. Yes, Lord. For this I say, Baba, thank you. Thank you. Put your hands together for Jesus. Know when to talk. And no when to keep silent. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. For everything, there is a season. And now a time for every activity under heaven. Then jump to verse 7. Of the same Ecclesiastes chapter 3. A time to tear. And a time to mend. A time to be quiet. And a time to speak. A time to be quiet. And a time to speak. That means that as you move through life, you should know when to talk. And you should know when not to talk. 
and you must learn to keep your cool even in the face of provocation you know because there are times when you meet situations that are very provocative and you feel the fire burning in your belly because sometimes when you don't talk people think you are a fool and people think that you don't know what you are about and so there's always a temptation that I want to show this person that I can talk that I have a few things that I can talk about but then when you are under the restraint of the Holy Spirit and when this wisdom is guiding your life the wisdom that I should know when to talk and when not to talk even in the face of great provocation you keep your cool and you don't worry about how people will interpret it because sometimes when you don't say anything people tend to think that you know say that again so there's a statement that they make that silence means consent yeah it doesn't always mean that and I'm showing you a certain wisdom have you seen in traffic before two drivers who have gotten down from their cars and they are exchanging blows in the middle of the street have you seen something like that before in Asha, <laughs> we don't like that though. we don't like that yeah. and sometimes during these engagements people end up being hurt badly there are people who have been killed because there was an argument and then somebody picked something and threw it out of anger and it resulted in somebody losing his or her life. If you apply this thing to know when to talk and when not to talk, you may actually end up prolonging your life. There are times when you think you are very strong until you meet your meter. Everybody has a meter. Ask all the boxing champions of the world. For more than 99.9%. One day they met somebody who could beat them. And you may never know when that day will come. So it is not everything you must respond to. And you must learn how to keep your cool and be quiet and silent. There's a time to talk and there's a time to keep quiet. And you must allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and give you this wisdom. Can I have an amen? Amen. The next one, you must know who to talk to. It's one of the principles that must guide you as you are developing that good attitude of speaking well, you said, must know who to talk to. And she said, Proverbs eleven thirteen. King James version. King James. 
A tell bearer revealed secrets. And I said, yeah, people like that. A tail bearer, a yeah. bearer of tails. A tail bearer revealed secrets. But he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. He that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Which is why you must know who to talk to. And it was who dear also Casatreno. You must know who to talk to. Also who dear also Casatreno. Hallelujah. Amen. It is important in here to be able to talk. And there are things that there is a need to talk about. But who you talk to is also very important. Because there are some people they have not been appointed officially. But they are the ministers of information and communication. Anything and everything they hear, they'll start spreading it. And if such a person is the one you are confiding in, he will destroy you she will destroy you and she will mess you up completely but the bible says he that has a faithful spirit concealed the matter and again it is not everything that we talk about and it's not every discussion that you must engage in and it's not everybody that you talk to because they will sell you right now and something that you spoke in confidence it will be all over the place and it will lead to a destruction of relationships it will affect your friendships you would have caused a lot of harm you would have damaged somebody fatally irreparably all because you were not careful about who you speak to and then the last one is you must know where to talk you must know where to talk so to develop a good attitude of speaking well you must be guided by five principles know how to talk know what to say and what not to say know when to talk and know when to keep silent know who to talk to and then the last one know where to talk Mark chapter 4 verse 10 know where to talk 
Later, when Jesus was alone with the twelve disciples, and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. You know, somebody bring this down for me, Philip. There is a reason why Jesus spoke in parables. There's a reason why. Jesus had a teaching style of using parables. And if you've been following our times of impartation, our weekday services, I have been teaching on parables for some weeks now. A parable is an illustration. It's a word picture that helps to bring out and that helps to make clearer certain truths. And Jesus used parables a whole lot of times. But it may interest you to know that it was actually during the closing stages of Jesus' earthly ministry. That is when he started using parables. For the earlier part of his ministry, and Jesus ministered for only three years, and then he died. He was 30 years old when he started his church. And by 33, he was done. During the first few years, first year, second year, perhaps first months into the third year, he wasn't using a lot of parables. It was during the closing stages. That's when he started using parables. And the reason was this. He knew that the people were looking for him to kill him. And he had to be careful what he said, when, and where. So he would teach in parables. And then later on, when he was alone with his disciples, he would start explaining the parables to them. Because he had to die at a particular time. According to God's timetable that he had arranged for him. And he realized that he needed to be careful where he said what he wanted to say. Otherwise, they may kill him before his appointed time. So he was careful where he spoke. What does that mean for you and I? We should learn from the master's wisdom. And know that there are some places you don't talk. And there are some places you can feel free to talk. And so you must know where to talk. These are five principles that must guide you to develop a good attitude of speaking well. So the first good attitude you must develop is an attitude of diligence and hard work. The second good attitude that you must develop 
is an attitude of speaking well. Then the third good attitude you must develop as we close. You must develop an attitude of thinking positively. Develop an attitude of thinking positively. Tell your neighbor, get rid of the negativity. Get rid of the negativity. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your what? Fix your thoughts or fix your mind on what is true. What is honorable. What is right. What is pure. What is lovely? What is admirable? Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What is the Bible saying to us? Think positively. That's what it means. Because you have a choice. What you dwell on in your mind and what you focus on in your mind but in this life you want to progress and advance one attitude that you must develop is an attitude of thinking positively and learning how to focus your mind on positive things, on things that are good, things that are pure, things that are honorable, things that are just, things that are lovely, things that are of good report, things that are praiseworthy, things that are virtuous. You must deliberately and consciously focus your mind on these things. Because if you dwell on the negatives, if you dwell on what is not working, if you dwell on your challenges, if you dwell on your problems, they will limit you. They will hinder you. They will obstruct you. And you'll be so weakened that you cannot move ahead. And that is why you must gain a certain hold or control over your mind. You can't stop certain thoughts from coming. But you have a choice whether you're going to allow them to stay on and linger on in your mind. Just like you can't stop the birds from flying over your head. But if any of them decides that your hair is looking like my nest, so I'm coming to lay my hex in there, you can tell the bird that, Kai, no way. But as for them flying over your head, you can't stop them. You can't catch them. Because there are some people when they see a bird flying over there, then they start. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Yes, Hey, birds are allowed to fly. Birds are allowed to fly. It only becomes a problem when now they want to settle in your head. So I'm saying to you. 
that we are human and our minds are battlefields. So there are a lot of battles that we fight in our minds. As a matter of fact, to be successful in this life, you have to win the battles in your mind. Because a lot of things, they begin from there. And that is why you have to force very hard. Not to be a negative person. Always dwelling on negative things. Always looking at the bad sides of things. Always pessimistic about things. Always thinking that it won't work. It won't work. No, you can't do that. And you must control your mind from being taken over by a spirit of fear. Fear that it won't work. Fear that you won't get well. Fear that the problem will never go. Fear that you won't amount to anything. Fear that the sickness will kill you. And that is why the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 7 that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And of a sound mind. And of a sound mind. That is the kind of mind that God wants you to have. A sound mind. A mind that is not inflicted with a lot of negative thoughts. A mind that is full of hope. A mind that is full of expectation. A mind that you tell yourself, I know whom I have believed. And I know that he's able to keep everything that I've committed unto him. A mind that tells yourself, a mind that you tell yourself that if God be for me, no one can be against me. A mind that tells you that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. A mind that tells you that no matter the challenges I see now, no matter the difficulties confronting me now, no matter the stumbling blocks in my way, I know that 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 I know my Redeemer liveth. And faithful is he who has called me, who also will do it. Tell yourself that it may not be working today, but I know that I am working progress, and that God will bring to completion everything that He is doing with me. Somebody give the Lord a shout of glory. So develop an attitude of thinking positive. Don't give in to the negative thoughts. Don't give in to the negativity all around us. Don't allow the things you hear to affect you. Currently in our country, there's a lot of negativity. Because the country is struggling. And the economy is struggling. And the economy is struggling. And so everywhere you go, you hear people lamenting, people complaining, 
And the truth is, it is not easy for people. If you had 100,000 Ghana cities that you were doing your business with, some time ago, not too long in the past, with your 100,000 Ghana cities, you could have 20,000 US dollars to do your business with. Today, in a day, with your 100,000 Ghana cities, it is just 10,000 US dollars. And so, the dollar power of your capital has dropped by half. And prices are increasing all over. But I'm telling you something. If you dwell on these things, you will not you will not even be able to do anything. You'll be confused. Nothing will work for you. And that is why you must choose to put your faith and your hope and your confidence in God. Who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine. You need to fix your eyes on him. And believe him for wisdom. For guidance. For direction. To know what to do, where to go, what steps to take. I pray that today God will fill you with wisdom. And through that wisdom, may He direct your path. Through that wisdom, may He bring you out of the challenges confronting the nation today. Amen. Through that wisdom, may your business flourish. Amen. May your work flourish. Amen. May things go well for you. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Determine that you're not going to think negatively anymore. But you're going to think positively. I end with a story. Last year, around June, by the grace of God, I had an opportunity to travel outside the country. I spent some time in the U.S. And I was with my, my best friend, my bosom pal, my brother. When I was with him, we went to visit another friend of ours. And when we sat in his hall, we noticed that all over on his walls were pieces of paper. A4 sheets. This is his hall. And there were scriptures pasted all over on all the walls. Scriptures. Scriptures. Later on, we got to find out that these scriptures were put up there by his wife. She was diagnosed with cancer. 
And the doctor said it was very, very bad. But she decided that she was not going to give in to fear. She was not going to give in to negative thoughts. He decided that she was going to fight this through the help of God. And she realized that if I can win the battle in my mind, if I can train my mind to focus on positive things, and she told herself that there is nothing more positive than the scriptures. So she looked for scriptures on healing, scriptures on the power of God, scriptures on hope, scriptures on encouragement. She printed them out and put them, and I think that she has them all over her house in the living room. I mean, you would think that she would leave the living room out because that is where visitors come. That's where you host them. But you see, what it was was that everywhere she passed in the house, she wanted to see something that will cause her mind to focus on the power of God to heal her and to deliver her. And that's at the time we met her. By the grace of God, she was out of danger. And she was looking very well. And the doctors are amazed at her recovery. Because it was a very bad case. But this is somebody who decided that I'm not going to give in to negativity. I'm not going to give in to fear. I'm not going to throw in the towel now. I'm not going to say that I won't make it. I'm not going to say that I'm going to die now. I shall not die, but I shall live to declare the glory of God. I believe in the healing power of Jesus. And I believe that by his tribes, I am healed. She decided I'm going to focus on this and God honored her faith and she achieved all of this by deciding away with negativity away with negative thoughts I'm going to think on positive thoughts and I'm going to dwell on positive things and I say to everyone today let's develop this attitude of thinking positive because when you think positively it will help you to win the battles of this life. Rise to your feet, clap your hands unto the Lord, and let's get ready to close. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you, Father, for today. And thank you for your word. And thank you for what your spirit has revealed unto us. About how we need to develop good attitudes. We pray in the name of Jesus. That you will help us. Through the Holy Spirit our helper. The one who has been given to us to help our infirmities. And to help us succeed. And be victorious in this life. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will touch everyone 
watching, listening, physically present here, away somewhere. Touch everyone in the name of Jesus. Let your Holy Spirit go to work in our hearts now in the name of Jesus. All the negativity, may he begin to rid us of them all in the name of Jesus. And may he strengthen and empower us to begin to think positively. I thank you, Father, that a change is coming into our lives. And that our lives and everything pertaining to them are being transformed through the power of the Holy Ghost. I bless your name in Jesus' mighty name. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed. You want to say, Pastor? I've been touched by the word of God. I need Jesus in my life. Can you please pray with me? I want to surrender my heart to Jesus. Can you show me what to do? Yes, I can. And I want to pray with you. If you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, wherever you are, I want you to lift up your hand. And I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. It's quite dark in here. But if you want to receive Jesus, lift up your hand clearly. If you're watching and you need Jesus in your heart, lift up your hands wherever you are. And if your hand is lifted, please pray this prayer with me. And as a way of encouragement, let everybody join in this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, today I give you my heart. I surrender my life to Jesus. And I receive him as my Lord and my Savior. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus and forgive me for all my sins. From today, make my life brand new. Thank you, Father, for your promise that when I come to you, you will not turn me away. Thank you for receiving me for the rest of my life. I will serve Jesus and I will follow him. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.